Life Audio. Coming up on Encouragement for You, Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley on avoiding a marital rut. And Dr. Gary Oliver talks about the challenges of friendship. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Often when people are first married, life is absolutely thrilling. But after pressures mount and children arrive, it can seem like a couple has entered a marital rut. Dr. Greg Smalley is the Vice President for Family Relationships of Focus on the Family, and his wife Erin is a licensed therapist. The two of them join host Don Hawkins with a practical solution to this problem. Don, it is absolutely critical, really, for the health of of a relationship to to have something like a a, a date night. And, you know, as I was thinking about this, what, what just dawned on me is that Christ was a great example, actually, of, of, this, of this concept. And, and yes, he was not married, but if you think about, he, here he had this public ministry, but then he also had the disciples. Mm. But within, though, that group of the disciples, he had two or three in particular that he was most closest to that he spent special time with. Mm. And... and and I think that, that what that what that implies is that is that th- those relationships that, that are that are closest to us, that are most precious to us, that we need to invest more time in into those relationships. And the reality is is that 
you know, as we have kids, as our, our jobs, as we get busy, it's just so easy then to neglect having that special time with our spouse. From a woman's perspective, Erin, uh, uh, why do you see this as being such an important thing? You know, Don, it's just so important, especially for a woman, to feel connected emotionally to their spouse. And often it's hard to do that in the midst of a, of a woman possibly being a stay-at-home mom and being with the kids all day or working all day and coming home. And, you know, it's easy to get stuck in a, a, a rut almost, in a, a routine that just stays steady and you know, the excitement of going out on a date with your husband to really have one-on-one time to just emotionally connect is just critical for women. And I, and I think, Don, too, a big part of it is one of the reasons why we have date nights is to really to get reacquainted. You know, when mm-hmm. we go out on, 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 on these dates, um, it's a time to be curious about one another. It's a time to ask questions, to not just find out what happened during the day, but but also to plan, to dream together, to d- d- just to be. Again, we love that word curiosity. Just just ask questions, and in through just the normal routine of day, we don't always have that opportunity unless we carve out some special time. All right, let's, uh, what constitutes a date? Maybe before we get into the results of a study that you uh, recently undertook or were involved in, Greg, uh, let's talk about what constitutes a date. Because some people might say, well, hey, we came home and watched a television program together. That would not be a date, would it? Well, I, I think that, that, that it, it, it could. I think if we, if we thought it in terms of it's when we are intentional about doing something together. Yeah. So I, I think that there, there are certain shows, actually, that Aaron and I love that, uh, that, that we'll you know, record and then watch it when we get a chance, yeah. and, and, and that is a date. Um, then there, there's the, actually the babysitter in, in, in leaving and in going to our favorite restaurant. I mean, that's right. a different type. Well, and especially there's couples that will say, well, we can't afford a babysitter and then to go out to dinner and to a movie. And, you know, we understand that, sure. mm-hmm. but it, you can still be intentional about the time you have together, focusing mm-hmm. on yeah. getting to know each other, being curious about each other, and ultimately sending each other the message that you're important. Yeah. You're important enough for me to take a step away from my regular schedule, my the routine, mundane activities that we go through each night, getting kids, you know, in bed, night after night after night. Often that is quite exciting, but, yeah, you know, that you're important... Adventure enough to me that I'm going to be very intentional about this time with you. Now, it seems to me um, that there are certain things that we can do and be very intentional about them that may not cost a lot of money. Kathy and I, for example, have a couple of uh, botanical-type gardens mm-hmm. that we just love to go and walk and spend some time together and talk as we're walking, and, and neither of these places cost money to, to visit. You know, Don, in, a, in another interesting part about a date night is that often it combines the the elements that that that, that are key gender differences mm-hmm. between men and women. For example, um, intimacy. When you look at how men and women define it, very different. You know, yeah. women often define intimacy as you know this kind of deep conversation where emotionally, as Aaron talked about, connected to this deep level. But but men certainly don't define it that way. We define it more as doing things together. It's yeah. more, mm-hmm. more activity-based. 
And that's why a date night is a great opportunity to combine both those elements. To your point, I mean, going walking around a botanical garden, talking is is a great way to combine both an activity and that deep emotional connection. Yeah, great observation. Greg, you mentioned a study uh, that's recently come out, a new study on uh, the importance of uh, spousal dating and and also what needs to happen, what doesn't need to happen. Uh, Bring us up to date on that. Yeah, the study caught my attention because it, it, it started with simply spending quality time together is probably not enough to prevent a relationship from getting stale. And I thought, well, that's interesting. And it went on to talk about they, these these brain researchers um, use kind of experiments and brain scan data, and and realize that 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 we need to reinvent a date night. And so what they what they did is that rather than than visiting the same familiar places and you know going to the same restaurants and dining with the same old friends, couples really need to tailor their date nights around new and different activities that they both enjoy. Because what they found is that when couples go and do the same thing, so if Aaron and I consider our date night that we stay home and watch our favorite show every week, yeah. mm-hmm. after a while what happens is the brain activity changes and, 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 and it sort of stales out their relationship. Every time we go to the same restaurant or the same type of restaurant and then go see a movie, it just it loses its effectiveness. And what they found is that when we change things up, when we find new ways to kind of inject novelty or, or a kind of a freshness into the relationship by doing different things than we're used to, it actually has a major impact on, on our brain. Huh. And, you know, dopamine levels and all these things happen that, 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 that really can, can change and, and rejuvenate a relationship. And, and so that was just interesting that, that instead of doing the same old, same old, I think that a part of the power of a date night is doing new things, trying out, mm. you know, new activities. Well, you know, on the lines of what Greg was talking about, this new research, one thing that they found is that when you do take on these new dates, these new exciting experiences, that they actually found that the brain circuits are that are ignited yeah. are the exact similar ones that are going on when you're first dating. Mm. So, you know, that exciting new love that you experience, you know, we experienced that 18 years ago when we started dating. Right. And, you know, 16 years later, we have the opportunity to recreate that in our brains, which is phenomenal. Mm. I think it's, it's amazing that our the Lord created our brains like that, yeah. that we can mm-hmm. reinvent those, those same brain circuits. And, you know, it's going to be different for everyone. I was just sitting here thinking that, Really, when we do the radio together, it's kind of like a date. I was totally mm-hmm. thinking that yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so weird. it's something yeah. that we set an hour aside to do, and we mm-hmm. have fun creating what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. And, and there's definitely adrenaline flowing. Yeah. Oh yes, mm-hmm. brain we have a chaperone in yeah. you. Well, so yeah, that, but but I'm a long way off. So whatever you guys are doing <laughs> that I can't see while your date is going on is is just. And fine. we have how many of yeah. our best friends out in in Listening radio in. land? Yes. yes, absolutely. So we're glad that you consider this to be a date night. I think that's a great thing, and and we're glad that we can share in that. It's always a, a neat thing, and uh, this is something that we'll want to come back to from time to time. A great topic. Um, hey, and, hey, and Don, if yeah. I could for a second, I, yes. I want to make it a really interesting uh, uh, parallel, too, to what we're talking about. How many times have you heard people talk about my relationship with the Lord is just kind of stale? You know, it's yeah. mm-hmm. something's missing. 
and 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 I think that this is this is exactly what happens or can happen with our relationship with the Lord. When when we do the same old patterns and, and habits, maybe waking up at the same yeah. time for our devo or whatever, I, I I think it impacts our brain. And and this is why like I read a great book recently called Chasing Francis and in what it talked about was was also looking for these different kind of experiences in 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 your relationship with the mm-hmm. Lord, like yeah. like going to to look at art, in in looking, you know, in, in going out into the beauty of nature, in in just seeing what God has done and, yeah. and praising Him, you know, listening to music and experiencing a, a, a deep worship time with Him through music. I mean, there's, you know, what was the Gary Thomas's book, the uh, um, mm. that he wrote on the the Sacred Pathways, I think. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, where right. he, he kind of lists like nine or so different ways to really experience a relationship with the right. Lord. Yeah. And mm-hmm. So there might be people out there going, you know what, yeah, I just, something's just not, you know, it's just boring yeah. or, or dull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a way that we can even change that because, again, like Aaron was saying, what it does is it impacts our brain and we can go back to those early mm-hmm. days of when we first became Christian and, and yeah. first fell in love with with the Lord, and we can reignite all that. Yeah, we're talking about dating your spouse, the importance of doing some new and different and exciting things. First, though, let's go to Verla, listening in Richmond, Virginia. Welcome to the program. My question concerning uh, dating your spouse um, is one, maybe, when there has been trust, when there's been a lack of trust because of infidelity in the marriage, Yes. How can you even get back together to begin the dating process? Well, Verla, I, I, I actually, the, the, what, what the date night can do that, that's perfect for, for your relationship is that obviously trust is, is rebuilt over time and, and through infidelity or anything like that, when we feel really unsafe with someone, we, we start to shut down, we put a wall up, in, in, in what a date night can do is, is provide you with positive experiences to where you begin to rebuild a new and different kind of relationship. You, you start talking, you communicate, you ask questions, you be curious, you go out and enjoy each other. And, and even if it's for one to two hours, that just builds confidence. It shows that both people are committed to the relationship. It sends a powerful message. And in, in, in every time you do that, it's building into your relationship. And as you do that, and, and certainly as many other things happen in your marriage, that's all going to help rebuild trust. But what's nice about the date night, it, it's usually a, a safe way to go out and let's just enjoy each other. Let's just go have fun and, and, and start slow and just rebuild and, and, and just have fun and enjoy each other. Mm. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. Are you a person who finds it hard to make friends? 
the Bible has a lot to say on the subject, and Dr. Gary Oliver, who is an authored and licensed Christian therapist, shares practical insights with host Don Hawkins on the challenges of cultivating friendships. Gary, why is uh, cultivating friendships a challenge? You would think that for Christians, uh, making friends, being a friend would just uh, be as natural as, as being a part of the family of God. Well, I think one of the main challenges is that most people, Don, don't, don't appreciate or don't understand how important friendship is. Let me start with that one. There are two or three others. Okay. Recently, um, they had a, a study. They followed 7,000 people. This is a pretty substantial research project. They followed 7,000 people over nine years. And those who were most isolated, those who didn't have close relationships, close friendships, uh-huh. were three times more likely to die than those that had healthy friendships. People with, with poor health habits but good relationships, they live longer than those with good health, ha- health habits but poor relationships. And uh, they did another study where uh, there were 276 volunteers infected with a virus for common cold. Those that had strong friendships did four times better fighting off the illness. They were less uh, open to cold, less susceptible to viruses. And uh, so there is some strong research from the medical community, Don, that says how powerful friendship is. I think most people don't understand that. Mm. Boy, it's vital that we understand this concept of friendship. Uh, you know, there's a lot about friendship in Proverbs. Proverbs seventeen oh. seventeen. Uh, friend loves at all times. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty four, and in Proverbs twenty seven, Gary is just absolutely loaded. Uh, that's where you have the passage about iron sharpens iron. A man sharp, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And, Was that twenty seven seventeen? Twenty seven uh, seventeen, I believe it is. Yep. Yep. And uh, then you've got several other references to friends there in twenty seven. Uh, I like to encourage folks to just take that entire chapter uh, and study the uh, areas of friendship. It talks about ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So does the the um, the fr- in the same way a friend brings a joy to a person. And you know, Don, that that passage that you mentioned, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen as iron sharpens iron. That's another thing about friendship, is that people don't understand that true friends don't agree all the time. In fact, the best friends, the closest friends, yeah. uh, you become that way in part through being able to disagree, to share your heart, to share your mind. You know, it doesn't say a sponge sharpens sponge. You know, <laughs> uh, you, know you can't go to Walmart and buy a sponge sharpener. Or grease sharpens grease. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean we've, <laughs> we've been on uh, boards and stuff and ministries, and, and, and you and I have both sure. seen times where, where the deepest friendship led you to feel free to mm-hmm. speak your mind, to share your opinion, knowing that mm-hmm. uh, that would lead to understanding, which would actually deepen the relationship. You know, a good friend of mine years ago used to say, if two people agree on everything all the time, one of them is probably useless. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of truth in that. So don't expect your friends to agree with you all the time. Uh, Gary, it seems to me there are a couple of aspects of friendship that are vitally important for us to understand, and maybe you can shed light on both of these. One of them is the area of encouragement. The other one is the area of accountability, and it seems like this is sort of the two sides of friendship. Well, I'll tell you, you've, you've hit on two of the key aspects. First of all, the area of encouragement. I, I can't count, as a clinical psychologist for about 30 years now, Don, I can't count the number of people that I've worked with who uh, have had just enormous deficits of encouragement, which have set them up for anxiety, set them up for, for depression. i 
I have rarely met a, a clinically depressed person who had uh, a couple of strong, healthy relationships, and at least one of those people was a real Barnabas. You know, Barnabas mm. means son of encouragement. Barnabas yeah. was not his real name. Uh, that was a nickname they yeah. gave him. Imagine, imagine someone giving you the nickname that you're a son of encouragement. Yeah, that, that's great? pretty powerful. And uh, you think about it, he was just plain Joe. His name was actually Joe. That's right. And uh, the reality is he became known as the encourager. If you study the book of Acts, there are at least four instances in which his life illustrates encouragement. Uh, one is he was loyal to the apostle Paul when wow. everybody wanted to blow him away in Acts chapter 9. He was willing to give generously uh, to the early church in Acts chapter 4. He was loyal to John Mark in, uh, I believe it was Acts chapter 15, when Paul said, hey, forget him. I don't want any more anything else to do with him. He's a quitter. And and eventually, and this is a beautiful thing, and I'm so glad you brought him up, Gary, uh, Paul, when he was writing Second Timothy at the end of his life, wrote to Timothy and said, bring John Mark to me because he's profitable to me for ministry. I believe it was the encouragement of Barnabas that turned John Mark from a loser into a winner when it Absolutely. came to ministry. And, and you and I have both seen in our lifetimes countless examples of folks who've come up and listened to, cared for, encouraged. That does transform lives. Yeah, it really does. And, and that brings me to a very important area of the, this encouragement aspect of friendship, Gary, and that is loyalty. And uh, sometimes friends can let us down. Sometimes friends can, can desert us. Uh, sometimes we feel betrayed by a friend. How, how do we deal with those kinds of things and, and talk about the importance of, of loyalty to friends and, and how we distinguish between the performance of friends and loyalty to friends? You know, uh, the Bible talks about a friend is someone who sticks closer than a brother. Yeah. And um, loyalty, real loyalty is not blind. You know, some people define loyalty as, well, if you're loyal, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, you'll stick up for me, you'll agree with me. Yeah. And that's not loyalty. That can be irresponsibility and stupidity. Loyalty, at times, is I will stand with you, but because I love you, because I'm yeah. committed to you, uh, I will speak the truth to you in love. The most loyal friends that I have. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you mentioned Norm Wright earlier. Norm Wright and I have a, a friendship going over th- uh, 35 years now. Yeah. And uh, one thing I always know that Norm will love me. He'll be there for me, but he'll disagree with me. And uh, you mentioned Dr. Greg Smalley. Greg and I have known each other for several years. We've worked together now for, for three years. Uh, Greg is an extremely loyal friend. But one of the things I love about Greg the most is that Greg is a truth teller. Yeah, he is. And, uh, and, 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 that, and that is invaluable. So, so yeah. loyal means that I'll stand beside you, Don, but, but also you can trust me uh, yeah. to love you enough and yeah. value our friendship enough. Uh, to speak the truth at times yeah. when it may make you upset at me. And, Gary, that's uh, vitally right. important, and I, I so appreciate you in that way, and you know I feel the same way about you and would do the same thing. Earlier this week, was talking with a good friend about that very thing and about the fact that it's not just a matter of affirmation. It includes accountability. It includes telling the truth. It includes loving confrontation when necessary. And uh, when we care enough about somebody, that's what we do. That's part of the iron sharpens yeah. iron process. And we mentioned those two sides of friendship, encouragement and accountability. You really can't have one without the other, can you? No, no. In fact, what so many people have, Don, because I, I think, and, and, and you might disagree with me on this, or you, you might agree. Oh, I think lay I'm it out there, find we'll out. find I, out, yeah. Um, I think most people today uh, don't have a very 
uh, strong view of what real friendship looks like. If hmm. if you agree with me, if you're nice to me, then you're a good friend. Hmm. And you certainly may be my friend, but the best friends, Don, the best friends are there through thick and thin, yeah. but also they are the ones that will support you, will encourage you, will share God's Word with you, but will help hold you accountable to the values that yeah. you've said you want to mark your life. Yeah, and if you're not that kind of friend, you really are not the kind of friend that other people need. If you're not allowing those kinds of friends to speak truth into your life, then the reality is you are not benefiting from friendships. That's right, exactly. And I, I that's why I, I'm so excited to discuss this, because... Um, Every person I know, Don, longs for a good friend. But, but one of the things I learned in my tenures with, with Promise Keepers is that, in fact, there was a book out about 20 years ago called uh, uh, The Friendless American Male. Hmm. There's so many men, that the majority of men don't have one close friend that they can yeah. trust, that they can listen to, that they can cry with, that they can pour their heart out with, and that's tragic. You know, that reminds me of something that happened a number of years ago, Gary. Uh, I was involved in a ministry in another state, and and uh, there was a man that I had met one time. I talked with him over the phone a couple of times, and uh, a member of his family had worked for me, worked with me. And he told me one time, he said, Don, I guess I'm one of the, you're one of the best friends I have. And, and I thought to myself, this dear man, if you know, because I felt like I'd love to have been a better friend of his, gotten to know him better, but we just hadn't had that much opportunity for contact. And and that's another thing that friends require is a certain amount of time, a certain amount of commitment, a certain amount of willingness uh, to be involved in their lives. And and there's a risk involved in that, Gary. Oh, absolutely, because friends will let you down. I mean, I've yeah. you've never let me down, and I've never let you down right. yet. <laughs> no, that's true. And by the grace of God, neither one of us will. We don't intend to let each other down. But because but, we have feet of clay and we're human, yeah. that's going to happen. You know, and the beautiful thing is when a friend, a good friend, lets you down, you can extend love and forgiveness while speaking the truth. And when you let your friends down, you can do the same thing. And I believe there's a place for going back to those friends and, and confessing and acknowledging. I, I think that's a part of what James five sixteen is all about. Confess your faults to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed and, and say, hey, you know, look at these hidden areas of my life. I want to get these out in the open. I want to come clean. I want to deal with things according to the truth. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at EncouragementLive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. 
God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.